Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Podcast, a podcast where we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, urban legends, and honestly, you know the deal at this point. We're at episode 49. I don't think we need to go into further detail. <laughs> I'm Alex. And Christy. And this week we are talking about true crime. We. Yes, and Christy is going to be telling us a true crime story because it is officially, well, as of the release date of this episode, it's been your birthday already. Yeah, one day since. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> Old. <laughs> I feel felt you on that one. Yeah, feel you on that one. 27 is just, it feels like a lot. Yeah. And just everything, like, feel old, feel burnt out. Yeah. Like, just everything going on, so. Slowly inching our way to 30, which is horrifying. But we're going to have a great party, hopefully. We're, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully no we're in a pandemic. We're <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's depressing to think. It is so depressing, but yeah, hopefully Miss Rona will be gone by the time we're 30. Mm-hmm. Anyways, God. what is your need for a distraction? Uh, my need for distraction is... I don't really have a lot going on right now. Like, oh. I'm happy we had my birthday. Yeah. We got together. Yeah. It was a fun time. Fun time. So that was a nice distraction. So Fair. This week's been good. And the week coming up is obviously work-filled. Oh, of course. that's all I do. So yeah. that's good to get rid of. But yeah, like, right now is a good time. Yay. I've had a little, like, mental break, which is nice. That's good. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a mental break, especially amidst, you know, a global pandemic and everything else that is 2021. Because 2021 is just 2020. Repeat. On, yeah, and on steroids, like just mm-hmm. ramped up. So that's my need for a distraction. Because so far, 2021 hasn't been super stress free. And I don't know if that's just because of, you know, life and being adult. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I need a distraction. Oh, yeah, I feel like the second like lockdown coming around, especially over Christmas, everyone's saying like they're burnt out, but like I like really feel it now. Oh, yeah. Like I'm like, I'm just dr- like emotionally drained that I'm kind of like over it. And I always say I'm over it, but I'm like, I'm really over it right now. Yeah. Any human connection. Human connection. Spooky stuff. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. So what are we talking about this week? I'm so excited. Yeah. So for this week's distraction, we are staying local for oh, you and me. Okay. For true crime, as I said. And it's going to be in our backyards, basically. Oh, okay. Because who doesn't love a good murder story in the towns we live in? Or I'm, near. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, I'm like, I'm literally clenching my hands in front of my face because I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we talking about? So unfortunately, this one's a little sad and frustrating, but mm-hmm. I feel like they all end up making have the feels of shit goes wrong yeah. because um, bodies don't get found and shit goes wrong. Yeah. It's basically how true crimes can happen. Yeah. Like for as soon as you said that, Cheryl Grimmer, that case pops up to my head. Yeah. Right? That was really frustrating. 
They're all frustrating. They're all really frustrating. Let's be real here. So let's get distracted, thought we. Yes. So this all starts with a known to be lovely 15-year-old girl named Christine Heron. Okay. Christine's mother, Marianne Russworm, stepfather, Sean Russworm, and herself all resided in a rental situated in Hanover, Ontario. Oh, dear God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that... So where, where we live, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Close to home. I feel that. Mm-hmm. The date is May 18th, 1993. Okay. So one year prior to myself and Alex's beloved births yes prime year <laughs> um seemed like any other normal day other than christine had stayed home from school that morning christine was in grade nine and she attended john Baker secondary oh, school that poor thing so yeah trembling because <laughs> that's the shit we intended that's literally our high school is jdss and, and if, by the time now like it's not happening anymore it's a new school but when we were in it it was like falling apart yeah it was an old it's a really old building it's still standing but oof it, should, it shouldn't be it's only like asbestos filled, mold filled. The ceiling was falling the apart when you walked down the hall. Falling apart. Leaks on leaks in the gym room. Yeah, it was good memories. Yeah. Bad memories. <laughs> Mixed memories. Mixed memories. Mixed memories. Christine missed the morning class for unknown reasons, didn't say why. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after a truancy officer at the time, they thought that was back then. Um, had called the house for her mom. Uh, Marion then sent her to school in the afternoon after lunch to catch up on her classes that she missed. Okay. Little did Marion know that that would be the last time that she ever sees her daughter. Okay. Let's just punch me right in the gut and <laughs> get right in there. <laughs> Whoa! Here we go. So Christine apparently took her usual route to school and walked through her favorite park. Mm-hmm. Um, more details will get on that, but to think of where it is, if you're mentally picturing it, it's the park by the skate park in Hanover. So like yeah. the one that floods all the time. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's right. where she was walking through school. Okay. Unfortunately, it was a wrong place, wrong time an opportunity. Anthony Edward Ringel of Chesley, Ontario, whose birthday is unknown to me or the internet apparently. Fair enough. Um, but from article timelines and stuff at the time of this stuff happening, he was roughly 24 to 27. All right. So he's obviously older than her. A little bit older, yeah. Yeah. And okay. she always like she always hung out with an older crowd, they said, but like she didn't know him and he didn't know her. That's okay. kind of just like weird happening Hmm. Um, but he was also nearby at the same park at the time Christine was walking to school according to the National Post article Crown Attorney Rob Thelmerton quoted that Ringel said he was sexually frustrated and opportunity knocked which is so sad and disturbing to think like shit that just happens on the the flick of switch that you can just go and do stuff to people because you have the urge on a bottom of that but And maybe I'm in the wrong space to say this, but like if you have a sexual frustration, you can you can release that on your own. You don't need to harm anyone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have your own body. You have your own body. <laughs> you can you can relieve yourself. You have like I don't know how like I know the internet wasn't big back then. Maybe just starting or yeah. like dial up or whatever. There but... was porno Meg. Yeah, stuff like if that. That's or like what VCR be... pornos, I'm sure. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like if you needed that to get you off, that's that's your own, you know, that was your own thing or that is your own thing, but you don't need to anyways, yeah. continue. He could have done better. He could have done better. Yeah. So Ringel takes this opportunity to release his frustration and attacks Christine. Ugh. He grabs her arm and takes her deep into a wooded area along the Saugeen River. Down, but once down by the river, Ringle tosses Christine in the river. Oh she kind of goes God. under and goes down the river a little bit, trying to get away from him. Once he catches up to her again, he then grabs her coat and kind of restrains it behind her arms, like he's using it as like it was some kind of restraint. Okay. Like, so she pulled it off her and like ties it. Right. And it starts restrains her in that manner, and then he begins to sexually assault her. 
see okay and i'm just picturing this like scene kind of playing out so she was minding her own business walking through the park and he We're literally cool. literally just grabbed like that's just like sees her it's like mm, no one's around at the moment i'm just gonna moment of this. opportunity yeah, yeah which oh geez it's just it's horrifying like i can't imagine well i mean haven't walked through a park in a long time because you know coronavirus but yeah. <laughs> and i like to stay indoors but being kids like we used to stay out late we'd go we'd walk all over town even during the day even that's the Mm -hmm. even another horrifying layer of this is that it was in the middle of the day middle of the day yeah it was like lunchtime like kids were out out, like going to lunch or whatever Uh, people were driving around maybe not in the park but still but still so after a time christine pleaded that she would tell no one but ringle didn't want to take any chances because of such a small town that we resided in and back then it was even smaller like yeah they're probably like not the ten thousand to whatever it is now in hanover but of a couple like hundreds of people going on yeah so he didn't want to take any chances with that he then forced her face down in the water and he suffocated her to death jesus okay mm-hmm. fuck this dude <laughs> basically just fuck him just mm. further quoted by ringle years later according to the national post she should have screamed because there was no no others in the park excuse me yep Blumerfeld said, saying a 14-year-old should know better, Ringles said the sexual assault wasn't his fault. He told the officer, if you were a female, wouldn't you struggle? Excuse me? Disgusting, right? I'm sweating. I'm so angry. Right so now. mad. What the f- Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah, like, I just wanted, like, to, <laughs> so to even fuck. him to verbally say those words. Like, I don't know what headspace you're living in. And I like, and I can't imagine. And I, again, I'm so sorry to anyone, like anyone's a victim of a sexual assault well, by that. Because like, just have to hear those words. Like, it doesn't matter what happened, the situation, whether like you you could fight back, you felt completely traumatized and yeah. like frozen and paralyzed in that moment because you're just like fearing for your life because well, you don't know what's gonna happen exactly. next. Exactly. Like everyone responds to stressful and traumatic situations differently. And regardless, that does not mean that you are less of a victim because no. of that. Like, yeah. th- what the. F- what what the hell I was so mad when I like read that quote I was like are you fucking kidding me well especially of all people to say it the guy who actually did it yeah like she should have done something she should have stopped me well she told you it hurts like told you to stop she told you she wouldn't tell anybody but then you had to go and kill her yeah and she was what 14 uh he said 14 but like the article says she was 15 at the time okay but she's a teenager sir she's a child sir she's a teenager you're an adult you should know better <laughs> Alex fuming over here, fuming. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ringo leaves Christine's body on the riverbank, and he just bolts back home wherever he was going to. Okay. Overnight, though, he fears that her body is going to be discovered, so he goes back the next day and he hides her body among debris and sticks in like a little mini shallow grave along the river. Mm. Ringo goes off thinking he's gone away with it, and sadly, he pretty well does, which is super frustrating again. Christy. <laughs> Alex. Happy birthday, but what the fuck? <laughs> Great story time. <laughs> so at that point, after the investigation was opened, it was taken by the local Hanover police yeah. um, going on. However, not much has been done for Christine's case. They were thinking she was just more of a runaway. Like, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Unfortunately, that is the kind of common theme, especially with teenagers yeah. and young kids. And 
I'm assuming we don't know much about her childhood and like the family dynamic or anything. Yeah, like other than that, like, her mom like, always fought this idea. Like she said she would never run away, like yeah. not like her. So like her mom was very adamant of this is not Christine's routine or attitude by any means. So to like to hear that from the cops, not even just like completely brushing it off, but that nothing was really being done. There was no progress. They weren't really, really looking into it. Right. Could be so heartbroken as a mother. And not only that, but you as a, I mean, we're not mothers. We can't speak to this, but mm. in the same sense, you can kind of put yourself in that situation where it must be so freaking frustrating to say, my child would not do this. I know my child. I literally, yeah. it. my child was literally, you know, like everything. In my womb and yeah. held and I raised it. And it's like, this is not, this is not be here. Th- this is not my child. Yeah. This is not what my child would do. They would not run away. Yeah. And I, I hate, I hate that. Like, I, I understand that, yes, there are some cases that it, it is, it's, it's a common theme. Like, there's yeah. kids that were like, a lot of them are like a known runaway or like known to be running away. Yes. But it's not always. And I hate that. Stereotypical thought. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, it's a runaway situation. Bitch, no. Do your, do no. the research. So, do yeah. the investigation. Marianne thought that. She said, no, she wouldn't run away. And then a quote from Marianne was that she's like, as soon as like the day was over, I, I felt like I knew my daughter was dead, which is so mm. sad to be thinking that right off the bat. Because you know, yeah. like that she would not, not come home. Yeah. Like that, that would like, be there's the There's reason. So. There's reason. And it kind of goes back to, like, the mother, the bond with the mom, right? And the bond with your parents is that they know, they pick up on things before anyone else would because, fuck, they raised you, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that she felt that, it's kind of like that twin connection, too. You know what I mean? Twin telepathy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's very sad so far. (laughs) Yeah. On May 25th, 1994, so this is an hour a year later, mm-hmm. the Toronto Star publishes an article called Parents Beg for Clues on Lost Children. So it's the top airing. Right. And stating wearing green ribbons for missing children and it pictures Christine along with other children from the last decade of just more bigger cases in Canada that have not been found. Right. So a time after, which again, there's conflicting timelines of when it was. It was sometime between 1994, whether it was that same year, or to 1999. Mm. The OPP now takes over Christine's case. Okay. From the hand of her place. Because, okay. again, nothing's being done. Well, and it's a small town police station. Like, back then, it, it was probably smaller than the, even what it is now. now. And even now, I don't really know they could, could deal with a murder case. Well, yeah, without the help of OPP. Mm-hmm. So, I'm okay. having things that's a little progress. Yes. Even though it's taking this long. Yes. Fully, out of nowhere... I don't know what it was. Stupidity, maybe being under the influence helped him have a conscience. Okay. Ringo calls 911 drunk from a party in Elwood in August of 2004. Oh, Jesus. So a decade later almost. And an officer comes to do a welfare check from this call because he's called hung up, basically. Yeah, and they they automatically have to do that. Yeah. And when they arrived, Ringo confesses to the rape and murder (gasps) of Christine. And it has also been said that he, in that time frame... Mm -hmm had confessed to his family and friends, so they knew, but he calls the police himself and then, like, brings himself in, basically. Did Do you think that the friends and family knew before he called? It, there's no specific saying when it was. When he was then taken into custody, they said they were aware. So it's like, why, like, did you think he was lying? Or, like, yeah. why didn't, why didn't, was anything brought forward? Like, again, it's your family, but... But... You murdered somebody. Yeah. And he was, what, in his 40s at that point, then? Yeah, so later when he's getting arrested, like, he's 40, like, 40-ish. Hmm. Kudos that he finally said something. Yeah. Even it took a decade. Yeah. But but I'm disappointed in the family, if that's really the case. Well, yeah, happens. if the friends and family knew before he confessed, like, it could have been that they maybe they didn't believe it, because if maybe he was struggling with substance yeah, was, use yeah. or, you know, had a tendency of claiming things that weren't necessarily true, because... Like, back to the Shell Grimmer case, it was kind of that same thing where the one suspect or the prime suspect that they thought 
did it, that mm-hmm. confessed to it when he was a teen and what have you, he had also confessed to a bunch of different shit that didn't always line up. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, like I don't think you can take it at face value, but you're like still like he said something. There should be some merit or some investigation of something. Something, especially because the case went cold. Yeah. Any, for so long and any, it was so local and you're like well obviously it's like the only murder to, to kind of happen recently-ish yeah so, mm. very very annoyed yeah so we expect things to go smoothly from here on out with a confession but right. we obviously know that's not how it's gonna go down of course of our true crimes nope so Ringo was investigated on these accounts as it was very odd that they had no connection to each other there was a random attack again just kind of out of frustration wrong place wrong time right but with the confession that was enough to get Ringo arrested for now once in custody, superiors were called, and in charge in the investigation was veteran detective inspector Mark Wright. Very important in this story. Oh, I don't like your tone in that. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Many details of the OPP investigation were documented in a detailed documentary about Christine's case. Okay. And we'll get more into that kind of going down the story. All right. But from the documentary, it is shown that unfortunately, even though they had the confession from Ringel, many missteps in protocol and police conduct led this case to be kind of come shambles for the rest of her family. And just kind of, yeah. You know how we feel about police conduct and fucking shit up. Well, and that's the thing. Yes, there is such thing as human error. But when your job is to... Uphold the law. And to make sure that the right person is arrested and prosecuted. You you know, you could just do your... You do your job. And do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. How hard is that to ask? It's just, you know... (laughs) To get paid for. I I feel that's that's probably part of the job description... (laughs) part of the interview process it's discussed you know it's just i mean it's part of the job anyways yeah we'll get into it <laughs> once ringo was in custody he requested that he wanted a lawyer obviously Fair. smart um so they contacted legal counsel for him okay over that time he had talked to his lawyer three times over the phone I don't know if they had come in or not, but he'd talked to them over the phone at that point. Right. However, under the management of Inspector Wright, Ringo was interviewed multiple times for more key details of the case, but had no lawyer present. Oh, dude. Mm-hmm. Dude. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, rule number one, you ask for a lawyer who's been given a lawyer. Well, yeah. and That's on, your right to legal counsel. The right to legal counsel. Not only that, but police should know that if they have counsel... I don't think you're legally allowed to question them without either counsel knowing or counsel being there. Yep. I said, no, no. No, 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 Okay. It gets worse. Oh, of course. Of course it fucking does. He was sometimes read his rights and other times not in the beginning of stuff, like interviews or questioning. Again, another no, no. Another no, no. On top of that, some of the interviews were recorded with video and other times not. Okay. So all breaches in protocol. Well, yeah, and that's just lazy. Yeah. Like, just be consistent. Are you trying to get your murderer, or are you just, like, trying to let him get away with it? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Giving them, like, ammo to be like, well, this is all tainted. Well, yeah, and... Okay. Okay. Alex is frustrated. I'm getting sweatier by the moment. I forgot to put deodorant on, and I'm paying for it because my anger is just pouring through my... Raging. Pores. So, next misstep would come at the hands of Wright and other officers taking Ringo up on his offer. So when he kind of called, when they did the welfare check, mm-hmm. and he they confessed to it, he's like, I confessed to killing Christine and raping her. I know where I buried her body. Okay. So they take him up on his offer now of where he buried Christine's body, and they want him to show it that. Yeah. From his original drunk confession he kind of had Right, which makes sense. Which makes sense. But now stated, he doesn't know, like, where it is. He doesn't uh, want to show them at the wishes of his lawyer, which makes sense. Like, your lawyer's not going to say, like, oh, yeah, go show them where the body yeah, is. Yeah, because like, essentially that's, like... Giving yourself away. Yeah, that's 
Yeah, so fair enough. I get it. He's saying no, or he's like trying to make it like, I don't know where it is anymore, blah, 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 blah. But they're like, well, we're going to go and you're going to show us where it is. So they're forcing him. Basically. Against his, okay. Legal, like, I don't know, right Le- or choice. Yeah, legal guidance. Whatever. So OPP take Ringle out to the wooded area along the soggy and hope to see where she is. Ringle had a hard time remembering, again, also trying to probably not know where it is and kind of catch himself in that. Yeah. It was also getting dark, so they had ended the search with no progress made. Also, breaches in contact that were there were there was minimal to no notes made on the search conducted out with him, and there were no recordings of any time out in this area with him searching for this body. So that's really sketchy. Yeah. Fuck. Let's go search for a body, but we're going to make, like, no documentation of it oh, at all in any sense. Okay. I'm not saying that every officer is like this, because... No, and I get we highlighted a lot of the stories when, like, they really screw up. But that's, like, like big no-nos. But we're highlighting the injustices because they need to be talked about, because we need to move forward from them. And the only way to move forward is if you do address the injustices. Yeah. Right? Hopefully you think that would make them learn to get better, to know not to do it again. Second time around, be, like, like, crossing your T's, but... Well, and especially to her, like, to Christine's family. Yeah, and, like, a murder case, like, it's not like this is... Not that any crime is, like, less of another, but, like... Like petty crime or drugs, and you're trying to get somebody. But like, this is a murder. You're trying to catch well, a murderer. Yeah, someone's life was lost, and now we're trying. They're trying to, quote unquote, capture the killer, mm-hmm. allegedly, supposedly. But the way they're doing it would make you think that they're they just don't care. Yeah. That that that's what I'm. That's my own personal opinion in terms of the situation. Like, I'm not saying the officers didn't care, but that the way that they're acting doesn't show to me that they're really trying. Yeah. And like, like I said, we said cops screw up and stuff. And there's always times where other stories where you mm-hmm. find like cops are trying to frame somebody. That's their way of like trying to like screw stuff up is they're trying to really get somebody for it. Yeah, they're trying to pin This it is like someone. they're just really not trying at all. They're really trying to make this person get out is what it seems. What are you doing? Yeah. Dudes. My, my dudes, you're not doing it right. No. <sighs> so after all the preliminary proceedings had begun, it mm-hmm. was now 2006 at this point because they need to confess in 2004. So it takes two years to get, get through all this Jeez, legal oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, by that time, Ringo was in front of a judge. Unfortunately, as soon as Judge Thompson looked over the evidence against Ringo and the procedures that were set up by the OPP, the judge had found that at most of the evidence was inadmissible against Ringo, of course, because, because of all the mishandling yeah. and misconduct. Right. So they put a stay on the charges for 12 months at that point to allow OPP to find new evidence to corroborate the charges. Of course, in this 12-month time frame, because like from the beginning, they really didn't have anything other than this confession. Right. There's no new evidence brought forward. So Ringle is set free. To finally have someone who's like, yeah, I did it. Yes, this is, you know, essentially saying, put me in coach. Yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. To then... Now, two and a half years knowing that he said he did it, because that's just, like, taking yeah, time to go exactly. through this shit. And then getting ready to hear, okay, what happened? Where is she? Can we put her to rest? This, that, and the other. To then the, the evidence being so shit that they can't do anything further. Mm-hmm. So now he gets to walk free. Yeah. Like I say, this is just negligence, I think. Carelessness. Yeah. Complete torture for the family. Or at least I know if I was in that shoe, I'd be completely traumatized. I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me? Well, especially because a decade went by and they had no answers. And then finally they have a glimpse of potentially what happened and some form of answer. And some hope, yeah. To then be crashed down. You were essentially reopening that wound over and over and over again consistently. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So there were no details of anything on the case for a while, as Ringel is like staying pretty tight-lipped. He's trying to get away with this murder he basically got away with at this point. Pretty much, yeah. Like, there's no reason why you're going to make comments or talk to people about it, because you're like, I just got away with murder. Yeah, you're... Yeah, basically. So the next development that occurred was uh, David Ridgen, a filmmaker and host of CBC True Crime podcast, Someone Knows Something. Mm -hmm. He begins his own investigation sometime in around 2011. Okay. So again, we got another span of time had passed by. Yeah, a couple years was done. He looked into Christine's case. From this investigation, he produced a documentary that we discussed before for some details on the uh, police actions. This documentary is called Confession to Murder. Okay. So, getting more details on the police actions and having the more, like, official documents in the documentary, that's where we got, like, where a lot of the police misconduct had come from. Right. Um, furthermore, there were many personal interviews and excerpts from her parents and family in this. Mm. I, like, would say highly suggest watching it if you're re- listening to this because it kind of gives a little more snippet, gives detail. You kind of get a quick span of, like, 17 minutes of what's going to, like, what was happening at that point. Yeah, you get to actually know the family, get to know the people that she was with mm-hmm. and like spent her life with and you get probably get to know a little bit more about her i haven't seen the documentary but i'm gonna watch it is it on youtube uh, uh i just googled it because oh, it didn't okay. come up on youtube but if you search it'll, it'll come up on like a google thing it's like part one. Oh, fair part enough. one's okay. the original documentary when you brings it up and then it says there's a part two but really a part two is like later on they're just gonna like replay an excerpt that's mm-hmm. what the part two is okay gotcha fair enough stuff comes on but yes i recommend okay so at one point, the family attempts to talk to Ringel in this interview mm-hmm. uh, of, the, uh, of the documentary. Wait, the family tries to talk to him? Yeah, at one point in this documentary, oh. they go to his house. Oh. His sister answers the door, and she's obviously like, no. He obviously doesn't want to come to the door. Well, but they're yeah. trying. They're like, we just want like just to talk, and obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. So there's a couple questions to his sister, but then it ends pretty short there. I give her family so, so much respect. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, just thinking about it, I'm nauseous. Mm-hmm. Like, if like imagine going to your daughter's murderer's house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alleged murderer who literally con- apparently confessed and got away with it because of, you know, Thought thanks, Bob's. But, uh, yeah, no, I... You have so much respect, yeah. The adrenaline, the, the the need to try and remain calm and not just deck him in the fucking face. They were, like, so calm. And I was like, I don't understand how you hold it together like that. And they're probably exhausted in the same sense, too. They just want answers. They just yeah. want to know. Because this is, yeah, 2011 by this point. So they've, like, they've, not that they've come to accept it, but they're like, we've... We know, like, what happened. We know the answers to ourselves. Yeah. We just want to hear it from you and want to hear maybe even more detail or where she is. Because at this point, still, I'm assuming her body's not put to rest. Yeah. Nobody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, again, in that little excerpt, nothing was come of that. They end the interview and that kind of is end. Right. Then in another, like, little excerpt in the documentary, um, David, the filmmaker, himself finds Ringo on a trailer. And he tries to have his own his own interview. This is the one and only public interview on file of Ringel kind of somewhat talking to David. There's no really answers given, but he just asks him, what do you think? Or like, how'd you kill her? Or where'd you put her body? Very right. tight-lipped about it again. Because he's like, oh, I shouldn't answer that. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Blah, 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 blah. And that's the thing. Because of, I'm wondering, the statute of limitations and because he's already been tried for it, I don't think he could be retried for it. I don't. Because I don't think it was completely... It didn't really go to trial. No, so like I don't think it was completely just quitted. It was more kind of like 
dismissed, so Inky can be retried. Oh, we'll okay. get into it later, but okay, okay. I gotta know the legality behind it. What one thing is. Like, I gotta know if you were tried and went to trial and you were, like, set not guilty. Yeah. Then they, that's it. You're done. Yeah. This kind of didn't go anywhere. So I think that if something came up, they mm, could still see done about it. Right. And okay. they can look it into it. Okay. And he would have been, what, 50 around 2011? Trying to do math. Um, when it comes to, like, near the end here, when around, like, 2013, when stuff comes up, he's roughly 47. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I can't math. So makes sense. So yeah. Because then again, before there was a time frame of like 24, 27, potentially around there. Because they could not think different stories had different dates because there is no birth date for him that I can find. Right. So as I said, there's no evidence of the confessions or anything like that or anything incriminating at that point. Mm. Once a documentary was produced, it aired on The Current, which I've never heard of that. Yeah. My dad. What, is it like a channel? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, The Current, I know, is a radio station. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, CBC. My dad listens to it. Yeah, it says it was released on The Current, and then it was also released on CBC National okay. on May 18, 2012, was when the documentary came out. The good thing that came of this documentary is that it kind of shone a light on the case again. Kind right. Kind of like re-brought it up, what yeah. was going on, how we still don't have a body, don't have any suspects or anything done with Ringle at this point. Yeah. We're still trying to keep on that. Um, so it gained all that new media attention, which was nice. After a time in 2012, the OPP had decided to then lend some manpower to the case again. Good. Which is great. Thank you. Put some time in to get the investigation going again. Right. right. I would sadly say six years too late at that point, but... Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, they could have done it a little bit quicker, but... Yeah. Like, again, a little bit of progress is something. Yeah. Even if it's delayed. taking so long all the yeah. time. Yeah. So, in early winter of 2013, after the OPP had placed some undercover cops among a trailer park where Ringo was living at that time, the undercover officers were able to obtain two different confessions from Ringo. Oh, shit. About committing the rape and murder of Christine. Okay. Mm. Okay. And again, the quotes from before where Ringo was talking about sexual frustration right. and that stuff, that's where that those quotes come from these new um, confessions that they had. Okay. So, he admits that he was, quote unquote, sexually frustrated. frustrated and didn't. So, yeah, they kind of, they had cops in there. They were living among them for a while, getting comfortable. He could then chit-chat. Felt like he was comfortable enough with them to talk about it and still be away with it. But little did you know, little cops. <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. Ringo was rearrested on February 27th of 2013 for okay. his crimes. So, again, now at the age of 2047, supposedly. Yeah. Kind of figuring out where the timeline fits of his age. He would stay in custody until his trial date. In October of 2016, Ringle stood before the court in Walkerton, so the next town over. Yes. They were a little local court. Used to play hockey there. Yes. <laughs> uh, he would thankfully not put up a fight this time, and okay. he would plead guilty to his charges. Yes. Thank yes. you. However, because he's pleading guilty, um, instead of the first degree murder charge, his guilty plea kind of like pleaded him down. He got second degree murder. I mean, I'm not happy about it. But he's still getting charged. But he's still getting, yeah. 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 Something, but I'm like, why do we have to go down? But yeah. like, at least he's pleading guilty, which is important. Yeah, that's and to go through the whole thing of figuring out because they literally have again two confessions again, but no other evidence. Right. So we don't want to go down this road again. Fair enough. So Ringo was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 12 years. Oh. He, he was also credited five to six years um, from when he was recently held because he was held now this three years from 2013, 2016, and the first two and a half years originally when he was held from I mean, 2004, 2006. I mean, I, I'm not... I don't like that. No, because I'm like, why were you going to... Like, I get he already had somewhat time served, but I was like... <sighs> yeah, but in the same sense... Like, you shouldn't be crediting shit. You shouldn't. And I'm sorry, 12 years seems really soon to have the possibility of parole. Like, you get life is 25 to life. Yeah, 25 to life, but I, I don't... 
it'd be interesting to know if he did commit any other crimes because mm-hmm. that would then skew whether parole would be put on. Like, maybe that's why they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you parole because it was only one charge, yeah. But that one charge is still pretty fucking heinous. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you know, maybe. It's been so long, and the first time around, you only knew about it because you confessed yourself. Like, you literally could have got away with murder for life. Yeah. So, yeah. very, very un- unnerving, but yeah, he's still charged. Although the case, again, came to a final ending of the family, which I'm sure is a huge relief for them at this time, and they kind of show up in some excerpts in the documentary that they're sitting down talking about it, saying, like, I'm glad it's finally over, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. They still don't have a body, Yeah, and they never probably will. What? So, being local to the area, you know how, like, the park always floods every spring. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, just, I don't know if it's the... This the flow of the system or water, but right. um, this park that is in town here, every spring, it's very low and dips down into the park, so right. it runs right along it. So on cue, every winter, this park floods, or spring, I should say, from all the snow. Right. So according to the National, a forensic expert from the case said, so her, she was killed in May, her pro- body probably would have been bones by winter at that point, they right. said. And they said, again, was just, we have harsh winters here to begin with. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> so it's, it's already missed you at that point, which is very unfortunate. Right. And then when the park pl- floods every year, like clockwork, the bones would have been swept away. Yeah. And that's like year on year on year every year. Whether it's how far they get down, they flood into the park, out of the park again, like stuff like that. Like they're probably never going to find No, body, and which who's, is super sad. Yeah, and who's to say, like the soggy stretches for like so, so long, so long that given the amount of floodings and, you know, everything that's happened. And just for those that are listening, too, because I had to Google it. Because, like, I know the park, obviously, but I'm like, is there a name to it? It's Hanover Park. The Hanover Park. Yeah, this is, like, the big Hanover Park. Yeah, yeah, beside the skateboard park, which um, sits on Grey Road 10 going towards Chesley. Or, no, Elmwood. Yeah, north yeah. going towards Elmwood. Yeah, and, like, growing up that park, it's, it's massive. It's a really great park, but it... F- that thing floods and it's always super dangerous. Like I remember always wanting to go when it flood because it just I don't know. But yeah, like cool, the, but there's like, like all the play equipment in there and like the play equipment is underwater. Oh yeah, that's like, how much it floods. It's, like it doesn't just like a little bit. Like it's a lot. It's a lot, and yeah, it's. And I remember this case, but I don't remember the details. So I'm really glad. Yeah, like I remember in 2016, this stuff coming up and reading it, and being yeah. like, oh, what was this? Like I don't remember this. Like because it happened before we were born. But wow, like all these details. What happened? I was like, I literally never knew. Oh gosh, and so tragic too, because you'd think that now, yes, he's been charged, what have you, mm-hmm. and found guilty, that there would be some closure. But at the end of the day, there really, like, there is closure to a sense, but there isn't because we still haven't put her to rest, and we know that's a big thing. Yeah, that's a huge thing. That's to a huge have thing. A physical body to put in the ground somewhere to go, and I'm sure like they might have like their own little grave and yeah. had a funeral. And so at this point, like They're... we know she's gone. Yeah, but they, that still isn't the same. Yeah. Have that. And, like, again, from the very beginning, they knew he did it. So, like, it's just dragging on this whole time that, like, it's redoing. He did it. We already knew this. Well, it's, yeah, the back and forth of, yeah, I did it, but you can't catch me because of the police work that was done back then, right? If things would have been done better and tighter and legally, we maybe would have been in a different spot. And maybe they could have found her body back then, right? As opposed to trying to find it now. Yeah, like, now I would think for sure there'd be no oh, evidence no. to find. Unless there's, like, it's horrifying to think. If there's, like, an odd bone down there at the bottom of the rocks of the river. We go tubing down the river all the time. Yeah. Everyone does. And this, Everyone and this, does. That's the thing to do in the summer in this, in this area. Some areas are deep. Diving down and seeing something, you wouldn't see that. Oh, or, geez, like, in yeah. the shallow area. You're walking along with your tubes and stuff. Like, 
Yeah, maybe. like... I don't know how early you could find it, but now there would be no chance, probably. Well, and not only that, too, but I remember going swimming at that park, at the Saw Spot, Game, yeah. At that spot, because there's that big um, rock oh. structure. And you jump off of it. Yeah, yeah. you jump off, yeah. Oh. You jump off and get leeches every time. Yeah, there's always <laughs> leeches. I, that's actually the first place I think I got leeches. Same. And remember being... <laughs> and I'm like, I don't swim there anymore. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I just remember, not to, like, go way off story, but I remember sobbing, and my mom had to, like, burn it off. Oh. Burn it off me. Yeah. I got leeches there too. But yeah, like you see, oh. you visualize that spot. We were there as kids. We're down there as adults. It's crazy. It's crazy. And the thing this happened again, all the details. Like, I didn't know all of this in detail until yeah. I read this. And I was like, that's so like crazy. Like, we lived there. We li- Well, and that's the thing, you know, um, a lot of the towns in our area are very small. Like, there's maybe yeah. 10,000. Like, the biggest one would be Owen Sound, which is still 45 minutes north of where I am right now, which mm-hmm. is a town beside near Hanover but we don't really I mean I never heard about this till yeah probably around 2016 mm-hmm. and everyone know, it's it's one of those things where everyone knows everybody this that and the other whereas if you're in a state like Toronto like there's there's so many different things that happen on a regular basis it's yeah. like oh yeah heard that about you know there's so much crime you're like oh, I can't a keep up b like oh next thing another day like, yeah and, like, that thing's forgotten well and I I do still think that there are um a, a lot of our focus as true crime uh, people that are interested in true crime, sorry, mm-hmm. the focus is on the states. Like, that's usually, usually, yeah. usually, yeah. Like I think with podcasting now, there's more focus on Canadian crime stories and crime mm-hmm. stories from other different uh, countries and what have you. But mm-hmm. let's be real, like a lot of the hyper focus is on the states because they have a lot of the major like serial killers. Yeah, like we had like Robert Picton, but like not a huge, not a lot of huge cases like that in Canada. And Bernardo and Homoka. Yeah, like those big things don't happen up here very often compared to the states. Yeah, or they're not publicized, or As they're much, not. Yes. Or or speculate wildly here, we don't know about them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. More stories to come. More stories to come. <laughs> so that is the end of the oh. Christine Heron story. Oh my gosh. That's... So yeah, I didn't get like into a lot of detail on Anthony because A, there was none available. Yeah. It came his very birthday. Fair enough. Um, but more of the story, I think it's just we've emphasized on the missing Christine and the story. So is he still in jail? As far as I know. Do we know? Is he in... I don't know where. Didn't okay. say where. I'm assuming probably Penetang. I'm assuming, yeah, I would assume something somewhat local because it's down, down with Walkerton. That's where a lot of yeah, stuff gets moved around that go. way. But... There's all the, yeah, and all the details on him. Like, you Google him and all that comes up is just the Christine story and details on that. Which, yeah, fair which enough. Which should be the focus. Yes. Which, yeah, Christine is obviously the focus of this, but you, all, you... You want to know those details of where he is. Well, yeah, I want to make sure he's still behind bars. So, yeah, like, this so. was 2016. So, if he's only going to get parole out after maybe 12 years, he's still in jail, I would think. Yeah, I can't quick math, but somebody... Unless that's a crazy story of another, like, release of due to COVID, but it better fucking not be. Well, yeah, with COVID, maybe it's going to be delayed, right? But even then, I remember, like, I don't know if it's local, but there was, like, talk of some, like, police organizations in jails. So, like, they're just so overcrowded with COVID. Right. That they release some people, like, early because of just, like, good behavior. and People are going to get out of weather. People are going to die. People that are old. Yeah. I, yeah. You'd hope it's not one of these cases. Hopefully not. But anyways, we'll jump into it. My sources... So, uh, Investigative Chronicles article by Tala Hashmani, which was in May 22, uh, 2020. Okay. And National Post article, October 12, 2016. And a CBC article posted October 12, 2016. There's no one actually taking any claim for these articles. Okay. Another CBC article, February 28, 2013. A London CTV News article, October 11, 2016. And then the Confession to Murder documentary that was by David Ridgen, which came out on May 
18th, 2012, as discussed. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. That was a good one. Awesome. And (laughs) if you want to hear more weird, distracting tales such as this one, uh, hopefully, well, you know, not as depressing. But I feel like we, I feel like it's, we're talking about obviously the sad ones because that's ones that we need to focus on in the sense of there's something missing potentially, you know what I mean? You need to know the victim, you need to know the injustice, like all the details of it is important. Our goal isn't to make you depressed, it's just to distract yourself from maybe your own situation, to think about other situations and other mm-hmm. things and sorry <laughs> for making you sad uh but if you would like to hear more you can find us on anchor spotify google podcasts apple podcasts if you're on apple podcasts be pretty stellar if you can leave us a little review maybe leave us a five star rating that would be great it boosts our name around so to speak kind of gets us charting gets mm-hmm. us known a little bit better and hey that's that's a really good way to support the podcast for free if you want to i don't know maybe roll a little cash our way you don't have to but if that's something that you're financially able to do you can check out our merch on redbubble um just look up weird distractions podcast or weird distractions you can also join our patreon if you look up weird distractions podcast uh we are on patreon we've got two tiers with some great bonus content so definitely check it out you can find us on social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. All if, the good stuff. All the good stuff. Literally just look up Weird Distractions Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Weird Distract I1. Check that out. And then if you have any feedback, if you have anything you just want to, if you just want to say hi, um, you can email us at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. We are looking for some questions to answer for our one year anniversary episode. Yes. yes, which will come out April 19th. So if you have burning questions for Christy and I, if you want to know what keeps us up at night, if you want to know what our favorite colors are, anything and everything in between, Email us at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com with the subject line Q&A. And we're also looking for listener tales. We want to know the weirdest thing that has happened to you. Have you been in some weird true crime adjacent situation? Have you seen a ghost? Have you seen a, I don't know, a a folklore creature of some sort? A cryptid? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you seen Mothman? If you have, please... Have you found Bigfoot yet? <laughs> if you have, let us know. You can let us know by emailing us once again, Podcast at outlook.com. We want to hear from you. So send us that information. Let us know. And you'll be featured in an upcoming episode. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. So if you want your stuff out, let us know. Yeah. And if you need a distraction... We got you. Bye. Bye. And so are we. I'm Tia. And I'm Patrick. And we're hosts of Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast. We're here to research everything evil and bring it right to your ear. 
For your convenience. Our next season will be discussing such morbid topics as the Black Dahlia, the darker side of Disneyland, possessions, and much, much more. Plus, we get to share our crazy stories with guest hosts, fellow podcasters, and especially you. So come hang out with some weirdos who are mad about the macabre. Macabre? Macabre. Macabre. That dark stuff. Yeah, dark stuff. And get ready for some of Hollywood's biggest haunted secrets to be revealed. You can check us out on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Ooh.